What a wonderful way it is to, to experience and see how our spaces are used. And, and each and every one of you, because you're here today, are benefiting from these spaces that we have and, and what it takes. So today we're going to look at you know, more deeply in how, how you are needed also to make sure we keep this place a, a safe space for folks to come and worship and experience God. So today we're going to be looking at a uh, Bible story that many of us are probably familiar with. It's often called Jacob's Ladder. And so we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 17. So you can follow along on the screens or your Bible or Bible app as the word is read. So Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a stairway or ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to the land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. There is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Growing up, I was taught to have a healthy fear of tornadoes because, of course, we live in Mississippi. But my mother had the benefit of growing up in Kansas. Yes, we all know about Kansas, the famous story, but yes, she grew up in Kansas and had to experience tornadoes in the 1960s where they didn't have all these fancy radar systems that we have today. And so she would tell us stories of when there was one coming, which was quite often the police would go and drive down the streets and on the loudspeakers say, take cover, tornado in the area. And that was her childhood growing up, and it happened quite often. So when we were growing up, we would have a healthy fear of tornadoes. So whenever one would come through, of course, she would open up all the windows in the house. We would all go underneath the staircase because she said that was the safest place if you have a two-story house. So we got underneath the staircase. Even if it was way far off, no chance of coming, we still did that. And I remember one time in the 90s where we were glad we did that because that's when we had the tornado come through Fairfield. Okay, So it actually made it more close to home for me growing up, I'm like, oh, she's just not being overly cautious. These things really can come and tear down your house. And so I have yet instilled that into my own children, a healthy respect and fear of tornadoes. And I remember this year in March, we had, it seemed like it happened every Wednesday in March, we would have severe weather to the point where schools were dismissing. Schools were dismissing. You had to go get your kids and our daycare would close down and It'd be on a Wednesday night, and so it got a little frustrating, but in March, it seemed to happen every Wednesday, and I remember this one time in March where my wife was at work at the hospital, so I was in charge of getting the kids because she couldn't leave, and so I got the kids, we got home in the afternoon, I put them in our laundry room, 
which is underneath the stairs in our own house. And then I would stay out of the laundry room, and I had two dogs as well, two big dogs, kind of cramped, but got them all in there. And I would stay and watch the TV and look out the windows. I was the watch guy to see, okay, when is this going to pass over? Are we going to be okay? And this is probably about the one time where I really got nervous, like truly nervous when I heard on the weather station that it was coming from the trace heading towards MRA area. And I was like, oh, this is, this is close. This is real close. And then... I got nervous because then there was another one going down Lakeland Drive towards River Oaks where my wife was. I was like, oh, we're all in very major (laughs) danger here. So I didn't want to freak out the kids, but I was like, I got in the laundry room. They knew, okay, that means it's really bad if dad's in the laundry room. And they all had little buckets on their heads and the dogs were all hunkered down. And for about five minutes, I was like, okay, this is is how it's going to go down. Luckily... It floated right across MRA, and I think it touched down somewhere else in Madison County. But it was real scary at that time. Real scary. But even though we were scared, in that space, that laundry room under the stairs, I had my mom's voice in the back of my head say, you'll be okay if you can get under the stairs. So I knew ultimately we'd be okay. Luckily, it passed on through. I don't think anything... Actually, that storm really didn't do that much damage as the one the next week that really did. But March, we had a season of tornadoes. But even in those danger moments, we all tend to find places that we feel somewhat safe. Somewhat safe. Well, today's passage kind of looks at that. It looks at places of refuge. Sacred places. The story we have of Jacob is coming after the scene of where he tricked his dad, Isaac, into giving him the birthright of the first child. Because Esau, his brother, should have had the birthright because he was the first child. However, Jacob and his mom went to Isaac, who had poor vision at that time, and they dressed him up with some fur because Esau was furry apparently, had a lot of hair, and tricked Isaac into grabbing Jacob's arm and thinking it's Esau, giving him the birthright. Of course, Esau is not going to be happy with this when he finds out and decides to go after his brother, Jacob. So Jacob is on the run here. He is on the run. And that's where we get to the scene where he has been traveling running, probably afraid, and needs to rest. So he finds a place on his path and makes somewhere where he can lie down. So when Jacob left Beersheba towards Haran, he came to a place and stayed for the night. Taking one of the stones, he put it under his head, and he dreamed. He dreamed that there was a stairway set up on earth, and the top of it reaching to heaven, and angels were coming up and down that ladder. You know, it says stairway. Some passages say ladder. Doesn't matter theologically what it is. This is what matters. In that space, in that dream, there was a physical structure there that was connecting heaven and earth, where heavenly beings were coming up and down from earth on this ladder, on this stairway, on this structure that connects heaven and earth. And it was a wonderful Wonderful scene right there. In our life, we come across physical structures that tend to connect us to the heavenly. 
And your mind goes probably straight to this space right here. As John lifted up earlier, this space has been used for many different things. As the original sanctuary to now as the Hart Hall Gym, which hosts our intersection worship service and Wednesday Night Lives and all the other ministries that go through here. In those moments, gathered together in this space, you tend to think that this space is like the ladder in that stairway and it connects us to God. Many of us, when we walk into this space, depending how long you've been here, you have memories. You have things that bring back those moments of where you felt God's presence. The sanctuary building is beautiful, built in 1998, I believe. And many folks, when they walk into the sanctuary building, they have that feeling of those moments where they were connected to God, whether it was through a beautiful worship service, whether it's through the excitement of a wedding, the grief that comes from a funeral, many things that people bring back, and those feelings are of connection to God in that sacred space. So in this building, these facilities, while they are just metal, wood, and sheetrock, they are the ladder and the stairway that at times connects us to God. The altar and the altar rail and the altar space is that thin line between the earthly and the heavenly. And many of us have had moments where we have met God there. And so I see this moment as this dream is going on and I reflect upon this is how we can view our buildings. Now, buildings in this space is also not the only way you can experience God. We recognize that. And the ultimate moment of where earth and heaven were combined is when Jesus Christ came down to this earth and lived among us as the divine in that moment we were connected. But facilities can also serve a very, very important role in that. And so it continues, The Lord God stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie. I will give to you and your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. And then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. There's a parallel here. Jacob is receiving the same type of promise that Abraham received as being blessed with many descendants that can number the stars and be like the dust of the earth and go everywhere there is space. Giving him the promise that I will be with you. I will not leave you. Just as the Israelites were leaving Egypt in the Exodus, God was with them every step of the way. These are promises that you see throughout Scripture. And these are promises that we also see fulfilled through Jesus Christ. And so when Jacob woke, of course, he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not even know it. Wherever you have two or more gathered, there I will be. When we are gathered together in this space, the Lord is in this space. The Lord is amongst us in this moment. And that is what makes it a sacred space. Every space in here, from the kitchen to Christ covered, 
to the gym, to the classrooms, to the sanctuary, to the narthex, to the offices, everywhere. This space is sacred because we are gathered here in his name. And so the Lord is with us in this space. And so with sacred spaces and tying it into stewardship, the space that many of us have great memories needs our care. It takes a team to make sure this facility is ready for Sunday mornings. To make sure it is clean throughout the week. It takes a team to realize that, hey, we need to renovate this space. We need a new floor. We need new paint. Things are getting old and dated. It's time to update. Or this is broken. It's time to get it fixed. There's a team that takes this time to care for the space so we can experience it. However, it requires all of us. It requires all of us to make sure that we tend to this space. We, we hope that we treat this space better than some of the stores we go into in our daily lives. So if we see something that needs to be thrown away or out of place, take care of it, as it is a sacred space. It requires all of us, because the Lord is here with us. Then Jacob woke from his sleep, and he said, How awesome is our God! There's none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. You know, this place here that we value and enjoy is used every day of the week. Every day of the week. You know, if a church is not making an impact in its community, then what is it doing? Well, let me tell you guys, St. Matthew's, we impact our community. We not only just serve ourselves and our own tribe here, but we also have a daycare that is available for people in our community who need child care. And you wouldn't think that would be a big need, but in our area where young families, where both parents typically work, then yes, it is a necessity. It is a necessity. And so this church saw that need over the years. And the, the board that runs us, our weekday ministry board, and many of you have served on that board or are currently serving on that board. And if you've done it over the years, you've known that we have changed our ministry of weekday many times. It, was, it grew many times to where we're busting at the seams. We have wait lists, but we're using this space. If not, it would just sit empty during the week while there's a need in our community. We allow our uh, spaces upstairs to be used for AA. That is seven days a week. So if you ever drive by in the afternoon, you see about 50 cars in the parking lot from 12 to 1. That's because we're having a meeting. And that is a need in our community. We use our facilities for other groups in the community to use. Like I said, we are very busy at this church. The doors open Sunday through Friday at 7 a.m. Saturday we're open in the afternoons, but that's not unless we have a wedding or we're doing uh, chicken cooking outside, or if we're not having a UMW convention or whatever, we use our building quite a bit. And that's good, because this is a sacred place, not just for us, but maybe for those in our community that don't have sacred spaces. This place is just one of those places where you would hope individuals can come to the church building and find Refuge. Find refuge. 
where you can come here and know that outside there can be all kinds of chaos, and there is in today's world. But yet when you come here and you experience the Holy Spirit, you can find refuge. You can find that safe space. Just as in those moments of tornadoes, you go to your safe space in your home. In the chaos of life, in those troubling moments, you know and expect to come here where it's sacred and where you can find refuge. And so because these places are important, it requires our attention. And so I hope in this month of stewardship where we're highlighting what, it, what we need, what it, what it takes to do church, maybe you'll have more consideration and attention to just the facilities and what these facilities mean to the world and to the community. Because we use our facilities to, to minister to those, to be a safe place for people. And it requires, it requires people, it requires financial, it requires a lot. And we are truly blessed. We really are. We are truly blessed by what we have here at St. Matthew's. And I believe if we see the blessings that we have, we can in turn give those back as we are called to do. So my request and my challenge to you, as as last week, hopefully you understand how many people it takes to do ministries, now may you understand the importance of just sacred spaces and how they are needed and what they mean to people and what they mean to us. And so may we pour into our spaces here And may we keep them this safe place where people can come and experience God. Let us pray.